to express love towards right. her in a way that she says she feels love um, but come to find out that she no longer feels loved through acts of service welcome back to Life with Gains podcast. I'm Emmanuel. And I'm Esther. What's up? Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, uh, we are kicking off season two. For those that are first time listeners, um, Esther and I are husband and wife of almost 10 years and parents of four beautiful ebony arrows um, and we are on a journey to make god normal in the everyday stuff of life so every episode that you will hear we always start with a segment of the show last season we had the best thing i've heard this week or within the past few days we decided to do something different um, and we might switch it up but for now it's going to be my favorite dot 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 so you get to kind of see where we go with this so e what's your favorite dot 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 uh my favorite child no i don't have a favorite child (laughs) (laughs) oh my children are witty um (laughs) so my favorite is just the wittiness of my kids so i got played twice this week by two different children Mm. um trying to teach them and they just played my face so the first one um jc we had had a recent conversation about grace and um one of the things that i was trying to explain to him was it is um a supernatural strength so i kind of paralleled it with um Avengers and the Hulk Mm -hmm. and so we're sitting at a dinner table and I'm trying to get him to explain to everybody else what grace is Mm -hmm. and um he's not remembering and so I do the the muscle pose almost like Zeus like yeah the the muscle pose and like trying to help him remember and I say do you remember what this is or what this means (laughs) and he proceeds to say what does he say? A man without muscles? It's like a man without muscles? <laughs> yeah, right in my face. Meal done. I get up and walk away from the table. I oh. almost choked. That was so hilarious. I was like, oh my gosh. And he was so, and he wasn't joking. It just rolled off the tongue like, was- bro, you ain't got no muscles. What? what you- I know I'm not supposed to get incredible hope from that. And but the thing is you do have my, I don't know, it was, I know that's why I hurt my feelings oh that was so funny yeah and then tonight we are uh, one of our children had to retake a bath because didn't do it right the first time um, and we're trying to explain to him or talk through it with him disciple him mm-hmm. and um, he is we're asking him different questions and we're like if you would have done this right no yeah if you would have done this right the first time, you'd be in bed. Because that was his goal. His goal was to get in bed because he was bed tired. He was tired. And so I'm like, all right. So since you didn't take your bath right the first time, like, why aren't you in bed? And his response <laughs> was not because I didn't take a bath right. It was 
because y'all keep asking me questions. <laughs> I'm like, bruh. I can't. I can't. You can't win. I can't win. So I like, all right, lesson over. Good night. Yeah. Uh, and again, he was so just, serious. Just like, rolled off the tongue. It was sincere. so slick. Like, ah, the wittiness of my children. I, I, I guess that's what happens when your parents are poets. Well, you're the witty one. Hey. It's one of the things I love about you. Yeah. So, yeah, that was my favorites when my children are old enough to start cracking jokes and playing my face because now gloves are off. No, you can't do that because one of your kids, you hurt their feelings today. Who? What? When? Um, The oldest. What happened? When you were, when he was asking about his energy, getting his energy out. Mm-hmm. And I like made a suggestion and you were like, nope. Well, there you go. He's like, wait, no, that's not what I meant. And you're like, well, nope, there you go. There's your option well, right there. That's your fault, not mine. But he was trying to talk to you and like kind of reiterate what he meant about his energy, like getting his energy out, meaning can I play outside? But you were like jokingly interrupting him. Well, he didn't, it didn't go well. So he got really upset. Because you weren't taking him seriously. Oh. But we talked about it. So you can't joke all the way yet. Ah. (laughs) (laughs) What about you? What's your favorite? My favorite episode was one from, um, now don't hate y'all. I know some of y'all have issues with, this person that I'm about to mention, but um, Bill Cosby Show, The Cosby Show. We watched, we've been watching like all the seasons since it's available for free streaming. And I saw an episode, episode 61, that I've never seen before, where Claire's gone out of town with, um, I think it's Cliff's mom. Which is makes sense. That's why the grandpa was there. But this entire episode was focused on how Cliff and his dad took care of all the kids while all the moms were away mm-hmm. and took care of the daughters. And so different issues would come up with the daughters or the son. Um, but you also saw him do his job, deliver babies. And there's a scene in there where his dad is like, you know what? It's a whole different ball game this day and age raising kids. It's different from when I grew up. Like this revelation, like it's a lot harder, but it's an it's it's hard. It's just in different ways. Mm. So I really appreciated that episode just to kind of see fathers be fathers, and like that is not a new normal. It's always existed, in particularly black families, um, but maybe it just hasn't. It has not been magnified. Yeah. And they, and it was good. I liked it. It was really sweet to me. Yes. So don't hate, but we binge watched The Cosby Show as a family because it's still an amazing show, regardless of what he did and all that other stuff. Like his art was good. Yeah. His show was good. So Some valuable lessons in there. Yep. And hilarious ones, too. Oh, yeah. 
Cool. So we have been on break for a little while, um, doing stuff, planning stuff, building stuff. Um, so just a couple of quick updates. One, um, hopefully the sound quality is getting better. Um, got a new soundboard for the audio, um, so I'm still learning how to use it. So give us a couple episodes to get out all the wrinkles and stuff. <laughs> um, we are going into October for whatever reason is always a super busy but very fruitful and good month for us. Ever since we've been um, married. Yeah, ever since we've been married. Ever Even since. like we started dating in October. So it's like, October, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we've got a lot going on. And as we share with other people everything we have going on, <laughs> um, they kind of think we're crazy for doing so much. Uh, but like we were sitting down talking about it the other night. It was like, yeah, we're doing a lot or we have a lot of stuff on our plate right now, but it's all stuff that we want to do mm-hmm. and we're passionate about and feel like we are called to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it doesn't feel overwhelming versus previous seasons where we had a lot on our plate, but it was stuff that other people were putting on our plate and we didn't necessarily um, have a passion or a desire to do it. So in those times it felt exhausting and overwhelming. Um, So got a lot coming up. Um, I'm sure we will be sharing some of it, sharing some stories and um, keeping you guys updated with that. But just know there is a lot more coming, not just in terms of content, but just in terms of what we, um, want to offer to our listeners and our community. So stay tuned on that. Um, And before we jump into our main topic, um, we did want to touch on one story that was in the news uh, while we were on break. So Esther, you want to catch up on that? Yeah. Um, So as most of you have seen and heard, um, one of the things that happened on break was the whole Botham John, Sean, I always can't say it right, um, trial and conviction and just all of that <clears throat> that came into play. And as I watched, you know, his brother testify and then asked to give um, the lady a hug and then just seeing like these different actions that were taken in the courtroom on that day and then hearing how much time she got. Um, I honestly have mixed emotions. I didn't post anything about it on social media besides saying, you know, like, I think we all just need a little bit more time to mourn um, this, this life, another life. And this one was different because he literally was in his home. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's some even things that happened with that night that were, you know, unsettling. And so I went to E and I, I don't know how we started that conversation, but I was just telling like I'm having difficulty with this because I'm struggling with it as a believer, basically. Like understanding that his brother came all the way from a point of Jesus to keep it simple, like I forgive her, my brother would want the same, Um, da, 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 da. And at the same time, I think about this historical issue with 
um, black men and white females, it goes from one extreme to the other, like this is pendulum swing. And then I have personal history with that in particular. And so I just was reckoning back and forth, like, I know I'm supposed to forgive and he did what Jesus did and more power to him, but it just doesn't, it just doesn't rub me the right way. Um, and this is just showing the ugly. I mean, this is just my heart. Like, this is just. Yes, this is our opinion only. Right. This is just me. This is Esther. I was, I was having difficulty um, because I know she deserves forgiveness. I know she deserves to know that she's been forgiven, but did it need to go that far? And in retrospect now, yes, I think she did need to hear him say that. Um, and at the same time, she is also getting a consequence to her actions. Now, is it a consequence that is, you know, fair what, by what most people would deem? That's debatable. I'm not the judge. I that's a whole nother thing. But as a believer, as a person who is first a believer and then who's black, that is something I had to really sit down and reckon with, with God. And you really helped me with that. Um, Just the realization of forgiveness, but also justice. Like forgiveness doesn't mean there is no justice. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's where the uh, the struggle was for me when he was like, um, you know, I essentially I wish you didn't have to go to jail right. at all. Um, for and I don't want to go too deep into it because I know a lot of people have shared their views and I agree with different parts of different people and whatever. Um, but. I think when we try to disconnect forgiveness from justice, um, like there is error, like it's not consistent with scripture because mm-hmm. Jesus perfectly forgave, forgave, but he perfectly fought for justice. Like in order for him to truly forgive, justice had to had to be paid and that was him giving his life. Right. Um, so he is for justice a hundred percent and for forgiveness a hundred percent. Um, and I think it just looks, it makes, um, it makes Christianity look distorted and weak when the only view is, um, this, uh, I don't want to say superficial because I, I know like this brother has had time to mourn. And I think, you know, it'd been like a year since it actually happened. So he had time to process it and all that other stuff. So, you know, it wasn't like an overnight thing. Um, but like when all we show the world is let's forgive, let's forgive, let's forgive, but we're never fighting for justice um, because his brother does deserve justice. And I know it's limited on earth. Um, it's still something that his brother deserved and something that we as Christians should fight for. We should fight for justice while also um, striving to be like Christ and forgive. Um, So just the issue of trying to separate 
justice and forgiveness um, to say you can't have one without the other or whatever to say if you're fighting for justice, you're not fighting, you're not, you know, walking in forgiveness or vice versa. Um, I think it's possible for um, him to totally forgive her and um, totally pray that justice would be held up and that she would go to prison for, you know, however long. Right. And I think about the story of David when he sinned against God by sleeping with Bathsheba and then murdering her husband, the consequence was what? Like he cried out to God, you know, like, Lord, I've sinned against you. I've done this wrong thing. And God heard him. But at the same time, he lost his son. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like that, I think, is a good example of forgiveness and justice. Um, and so this particular case during this sabbatical was just one that really had me look in my heart and be like, Esther, do you, do you really love Jesus? Do you really exemplify that in just your thought process and thus your conversations and thus like how you speak on other subjects? And so it was, it was good for me. It was hard, but it was good. Yeah. I think one last thing that we'll jump into our main topic um, I had heard um, an interview with um, his mother mm. um, and because I guess when everything initially happened, um, she had said that, you know, at that point she could not forgive mm. this lady. Right. Um, and then when they interviewed her most recently after her son said what he said, um, she was honest and she was like, I'm getting closer to being able to forgive her yeah. for what she's done. Um, and I think that is that just as much reflects the heart of Christ than her son saying, you know, I forgive you. Um, the process of mourning. Yeah, because babies. she is honest in where yeah. she is. Um, so, yeah, it's not black and white, uh, but <laughs> there is uh, definitely commonality or common ground with forgiveness and justice. Amen. Amen. <laughs> cool. Um, so jumping into our topic for the day. Um, so Esther and I had a recent conversation. We have where, a lot of these. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is good because it means that we are communicating and yeah. I think we need to um, continue because it's not like um, we have these conversations every day. Right. But I feel like, you know, we should even have them more frequently yeah. than we are. But we had a conversation, right? Um, and in this conversation, uh, we got to talking about love languages and, um, came to find out that, um, from a previous conversation we had a while back, last time we talked about love languages, Mm -hmm. um, Esther shared that one of her love languages was acts of service. And so I had set my heart (laughs) to do acts of service, um, not just for the benefit, but for, to express love towards her in a way that she says she feels love. Um, but come to find out that she no longer feels loved through acts of service. And that was, uh, did that hit you in the chest? It did. (laughs) Because I, and I think your reasoning, um, hit me even harder because, um, as we were talking through it and um, you were saying, because before we'd even gotten to the love languages, you had expressed how recently 
um, you had been feeling Ooh, that invisible yes. and not needed around the house. Yes. Um, not and, needed, not heard, not seen. Yeah. And so I was trying to process and understand that. And then we get to the love language part. And I tell you that um, like one way that I was trying to love you and at the same time um, protect my heart was to um, like lower my expectation of you in the evening because I knew how much you were giving during the day. Yeah. Um, And so in the evening, like I don't expect Esther to cook or to put the kids to bed like I fully embrace having to No, like this is like (laughs) this is us like this is our story this is what we struggle with and walk through right um but like so I try not to um like I basically I try to carry my weight and serve Mm. the family in the evening because I know you carry so much of that weight during the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in my mind, I think I'm showing you love by, you know, not asking you to, you know, make sure dinner's done or kids or whatever, like trying to do that on my own without asking you, without complaining or anything mm-hmm. like that. Um, but the way that it was, the way that you comprehended or understood it was oh they don't need me i'm invisible i'm yeah like that part hit me like (laughs) that was not what i was trying to do (laughs) i was not trying to say that we don't need you i was trying to love you and serve you and say you don't have to be superwoman and do everything yeah it it yeah it was just like this sense of He's not asking me for anything. He, like, you don't, there's some little people in the house that need me, but my husband doesn't. Like, I need him, I, I need you to need me. Like, what can I do? Or, I don't know. Yeah, it's weird, like, cause it's weird the way the mind, like, processes stuff, because in a previous conversation, <laughs> um, like, you had talked about, like, <laughs> no. <laughs> But like, cause this all went into the the mindset that I yeah. had and why I was doing what I was doing. Yeah. Cause in a previous conversation, you had talked about how you felt like everybody was always pulling on you, like you know the kids because they're needy at this mm-hmm. age and whatever. Um, and then they go to bed, and then your husband needs you too, and so it's just like everybody wants us, everybody wants you, just pulling, 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 like just pulling pieces from you. And I'm like, I didn't want, yeah. And I was like, I don't want to contribute to that to where you feeling like you're just this thing or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was like, so I will step back my neediness, I guess, um, to try and alleviate some of that pressure. I think what this is bringing up is, I hear cycles and I hear seasons because when I I remember that conversation and I believe that was around the time Anaya was younger. I think I was still nursing or she was still like not as immobile. She wasn't as mobile and independent as she is now. Mm-hmm. So there and then plus homeschool and all that. Um, I think that's where I was almost at a maxed out state. And so I do remember feeling that like, oh my gosh, she wants my body. Oh my gosh, they need my brain. Oh my gosh, they need my hands and feet. 
oh my gosh, wait, what do I have left? Because my husband needs my body and my brain. Like, need that body. <laughs> so I do remember that. But then as everybody has become more independent, she, uh, baby girl, has like grown and not, you know, nursing or anything like that, feeding herself, it's changed. And so I think that's why these conversations have been different because it's been in different phases of life with our family. Mm. And I play a different, or we, I say me, I can't speak for you, but in these phases, I'm playing a different role and I'm giving different energies. And so I think that's something to keep important as for married couples um, especially as you transition from having no kids to one kid to two kids to three kids to whatever, understanding like there are these many phases in between where you need to be able, you need to have constant conversations about, okay, how are you doing? I think belief and his wife talked about this before, like having these pit stops or these moments where it's like, okay. How are we doing in this season, whether it's every three months or whatever? Well, hopefully more frequent than that. Mm -hmm. But just checking in because it changes. Um, I didn't get that memo. That stuff changed. (laughs) And I think that's what it was like. You just just took that sticky note and added it to this sticky note and then added it to this last sticky note and was like, okay. Whereas you should have thrown the first sticky note away and the second phase. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I get it. Yeah. So I was surprised to hear that how I thought I was communicating love was no longer communicating love. Like it was still appreciated. Like she right. said, she still appreciated it, but she didn't feel loved. Um, and so that kind of led to a better question to ask, um, which is like, what makes you feel loved? Mm-hmm. Like, how do you know you are loved? Um, and I think it was that question that kind of helped turn the tide. So you want to answer that one? Um, I think I told you what makes me feel loved is when there's equal vulnerability, right? Like, yeah, and with because um, you gave the example of two ladies who were speaking truth and love, and yeah, so you would ask because I I thought about like people that um, if you like when I think about them, that's not, I know that they love me, mm-hmm. um, and what were some determining factors in those relationships is. The fact that I could be good up on a high Esther and I could be bad, low, sinful, nasty, not nasty, but just, <laughs> just like, oh, Esther. And they see all of that, walk with me through all of that, ask the direct questions through all of that, Um get me to a place before God through all of that and love me regardless. It's like, you know, you know, you, your kids should know you love them because you wiped their tail when it blew up all the way up their back. <laughs> <laughs> and you huggled and snugged them after you washed them clean. 
Like their mm. mess didn't determine the amount of love that you have for them. And I think that's what I was telling you how much, that's how I know I feel loved. But I think the the gap was, or the most significant part was that it goes both ways. Mm. Like I'll do this for you. I can be there for you. I can tell you anything that, and I know you'll be there. But sometimes what am I hearing from you? Like, am I seeing? I don't know if I'm seeing all of your blown up back poop or you know this <laughs> i don't know why i keep referencing that visual <laughs> the blowout yeah um i don't know that i'm getting that from you so then i know you love me because you're my husband or you're my father or you're my friend but do i know Am do you feel I, do i feel that so yeah I think that, um, yeah, that was hard to hear, but good to hear. Um, Because, like, I felt like I do the first part okay, maybe like 40, 50% okay, um, in terms of um, like hearing good, bad, ugly, loving you. Definitely. Um, Oh, definitely. (laughs) But it being reciprocated um i don't do as well um with being vulnerable letting you see the blowout diapers and things like that um which i feel like is actually connected to the way that i feel loved um and so we're gonna i was like you're gonna answer my question yeah so we're gonna circle back around because i had i had a chance to go and process it and listen or yeah listen to my own thoughts um because you would ask the same question to me. And that night, my initial answer was um, like, I feel loved when I feel valued. And it was specifically connected to um, like when, yeah, like when stuff that I do is recognized and appreciated, um, whether it's verbally or whatever, like it's, it's recognized what I do. Um, but then you challenged that and was like, um, well, what happens when you have nothing to offer? You know, God forbid I was a paraplegic and I have nothing to offer. Um, like how would I know that I feel loved Mm -hmm. because I have nothing to give in that moment. And that night I had no answer. Um, but I went and thought about it, tried to journal about it. Um, and I think it's, tied deeper like it still deals with value um but it's a little deeper in that um i feel loved when i am chosen um Hmm. like uh for example um the other night when after all the kids went down and we were um kind of decompressing from Mm -hmm. the day and you chose to come and sit next to me, skin to skin, shoulder to shoulder, um, instead of um, sitting on a couch and just scrolling through your timeline. Mm. Um, Like I felt like you chose me in that moment over your phone Mm. or over whatever. Um, And so I felt loved in that moment um, because I felt like you chose me right um 
And I think it connects to your way of feeling loved because um, or the struggle that I have with that in that um, I think there's still a fear of not being chosen when I'm vulnerable. Like when you see Hmm. the exploded diaper me, then will you still choose me? Um, And so I think there is. Of course, I ain't choosing no other man with an exploded diaper. That's just nasty. Well, you might choose the one that (laughs) was just changed and now he's all clean, right? Mm. It might be more appealing than having to deal with all my crap, literally and figuratively. Um, And so, yes, I think there there's a struggle for me to sometimes open up because it is this fear of being accepted. And you would think that after... 13 years of friendship relationship Mm -hmm. that that wouldn't be an issue, but like it's deep rooted from God knows when, um, like there's that come from. Right. And I I definitely know it goes back to childhood Mm because it goes back to, um, this desire to feel accepted. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I've always sought to be accepted, um, was willing to do whatever it took to be accepted always put your best foot forward you could be i could be whoever i needed to be to be accepted by whoever um yeah and so now that we are in marriage um i'm not as chameleon like but there is still parts of me that i feel reserved in sharing because it's like will i still be accepted like will she still see me the same and will she still choose me each and every day um so i think there is that fear but i know i feel loved when you do choose me like if there is um like the couch thing was just you know a small example um but like even you know when we have had tough conversations and i've shared you know the weaknesses or fears that i've Mm -hmm. had and you still choose me you still choose to trust you still choose to allow me to lead Mm -hmm. um you and this family and all these other things um like i feel loved in those moments and in times like that um so it's like when i'm chosen when there are other options but you choose me and what's interesting about this is that it goes way deeper than the five love languages. Yeah. Like, it's not. I don't think either of these fit nicely into one of those five. Right. And, and, and I think, I mean, we were just talking about this before, how um, someone I know who's well into her 60s, recently divorced after decades of marriage, has just learned about that book. Um, and I was just thinking, like, what? did love language mean to her before then like was that a thing you're just guessing yeah um because i mean if you guys don't know it is one of our top 10 resources from season one i mm-hmm. believe um and so there's you know words of affirmation physical touch gift excuse me Um, acts of service and then there's one more I don't remember but these are basic categories in which people communicate how they love someone and how 
people feel that they're loved by someone. But as we were having this conversation and as I was just just really trying to understand like God, how how do I make love towards Emmanuel like how what does that look like like how do I love him because he's asked me you know how do I love you um what does that look like and it was way more complex than now just hearing all this than those five Physical particular touch. yeah just, just and words of affirmation and we'll <laughs> all right initially that was that was my mindset right in some ways, it is words of affirmation, but it is also physical touch. Like, it's just, I think it's all-encompassing. Yeah. This thing of chosen for you, or it could be, I feel like chosen is a lot of people, though. Um, for me, it could be, what is it? The vulnerability, two-way vulnerability thing. That's way more than... I don't even think that's categorized in that book. Mm. Um, And so I think it's important, I guess, for me not to to use that book as a foundation, but then also just go back to, like, where does love start? Where did love begin? And it began began with God. Like, it began with Christ. That was the foundation. and I feel like that, if you look at that, that is all-encompassing. Like, that mm. is more, I don't want to say complex, but it's bigger than five. Yeah. Yeah. And I was even um, thinking about it as, you know, we try to, you know, make God normal in the everyday stuff of life. Um, so I was like, all right, so looking at or hearing how you feel loved and how I feel loved, um, and thinking about those, I was like, essentially, we want to be loved like Jesus, like the way that Jesus loves us. Right. Because like for yours, like this feeling of um, vulnerability, of truth and love, being accepted right yeah. at your worst. Um, like, I mean, earlier you were basically preaching the gospel of, you know, they saw me at my worst. Right. They came got me spoke truth loved me restored me all of that like that's the gospel right um this feeling of value like knowing that somebody chose us like god saw me at my weakest and chose me Mm. and died for me um like he showed me my value he proved my value the whole genesis uh genesis 1 3 all that um like it it's essentially like we want to be loved like jesus um and I think it requires one, the spirit of God, um, especially in your spouse to Oof. give you that. Right. Um, but at the same time, like it's still limited. Like right. I can only give her so much vulnerability, but knowing that she has a God who knows everything about her. And loves her the same, still speaks truth to her, embraces her at every step. Um, You know, as much as Esther chooses me, um, like there is still one who knows everything, every secret, every deep, dark corner of my life and still chose me, valued me to the point where he's willing to give his life. Um, And so knowing that... um, one, it helps to taper our expectations. True. Because <laughs> like, all right, 
<laughs> she ain't Jesus, but you know, she'll do in this life. Yes. Um, hey. <laughs> the best thing next to Jesus. Mm. Yes, I, just knowing that um, essentially we want to be loved like with that Christ-like love. And as believers, like that's how we're called to love. Like we're called to love. We're called to be imitators of Christ right. um, and love as he loved us, as God loves the son. Right. Um, and so it's something we should be striving for. But we first got to be willing to ask the question of what makes you feel loved? Yeah. And I, and I think that's just something I could call to action for the listeners is to have, you'll have these conversations and things will continue. And that's where we were. That's what it was. Like things were happening and I'm like, here we are again. And I just feel like nothing's changed or something. That might have been just family. Um, But to get through all of that down to the simple question of like, how do you feel loved, Esther? Mm. That really forced me to, I mean, it forced me to really think and process like, Am I loved? Yes, I'm loved. But what does that mean? Um, And then for me to hear, to ask you the same question and to hear your response, like I'm still sitting here unraveling it and I'm like, oh, that makes so much sense in terms of not just our relationship, but just even like um, external distractions or... um, temptations or like just fights against what is between us not fights but you know like darts that would like seek to put anything between us like it makes so much sense now to hear that that's how you're loved and then that that both reflects the gospel in terms of the things that might come between or seek to be come between us as believers in Christ. Mm-hmm. Like the lie that um, you're not good enough or there's always going to be another option other than you. Or, you know what? Yeah, you got too much stuff going on. I really can't handle all that, so I'm going to bow out. Like you, you're beyond my graces of love. Like Jesus never said that. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> like, all of he takes all of that with him and so i think for me that's just a big that speaks so much to me in terms of just jesus and the bride of christ the bride the church and then just what marriage looks like parallel to that and what that means and so love is patient love is kind does not envy it does not boast yeah so we're almost 10 years in and still <laughs> learning and growing. Like, it's like, dang. You ain't the, you ain't the Esther I married. And I'm not oh, the Emmanuel you married. No. But. I think that's what was so significant about this conversation. Like, we're talking about love, and it's almost 10 years. <laughs> right, you don't feel love. I've been loving you wrong. And we always say, if loving you is wrong, I don't want to be right. Well, no, nah, I want to be right. I want to yeah. figure this out. Yeah. Um, so yes, yeah, so like you said, our, our call to action uh, for you 
singles is to think through like what makes you feel loved um, and be able to communicate that mm-hmm. um, when you do get in a relationship or whatever. Um, for, I mean, that applies to friendships too. Like asking yeah. your friends, like, how can I love you well? What? How do you feel loved? Definitely. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to make that. <laughs> you into just forced a, them out of yeah, singleness. My, my, bad. <laughs> my bad. I know. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Um, and then to uh, our married friends, um, when's the last time you thought about it? When's the last time you asked your spouse, like, do you feel loved? Mm-hmm. How do you feel? Like, how do you feel loved? Like, mm-hmm. what can I do to make you feel loved? Um, and because, if you're from, sorry, go ahead. No, um, because it may not, like, chances are it has changed. If mm-hmm. the last time you've asked is, you know, more than six months ago, more than a year ago, um, yeah. chances are uh, the way they feel loved it has changed because mm-hmm. life changes. We change. We grow. We evolve. Um, so challenges to ask your spouse, ask yourself, like, how do you feel loved? And if you are not feeling loved from your spouse, then maybe that's a conversation that you guys should uh, sit down and have. Right. I was going to say for those of you who are familiar with um, the book, The Five Love Languages, I would challenge you to think outside of that when you have this, you know, love conversation. Um, because I think that will help you see something in yourself that you won't see in the book or see in those five categories or be able to explain. Um, So I would just challenge you to not think about, you know, oh, I feel loved when I get gifts or I feel loved when I get words of encouragement, not to even use those phrases, but to just really sit. And this is going to take the work of the Holy Spirit, really sit and you know, like, God, how did you design me to feel love? Because if you think about it, like, God, for me, loves me so intentionally. Like, he is so intentional, I feel like, in how he shows He's me intentional. love. Oh, we, you doing season He's two songs? <laughs> like, I know he loves me because there's just certain scriptures that he always brings to my remembrance. There's just his presence that I feel in certain ways and certain times and certain songs. Like he just does it for me as I know he's, he's done it for you. Mm. Um, and it's like, God, if you're that intentional with me and I, I have your spirit in me and you are, you know, pursue, you are pushing me to pursue likeness in Christ. Like, I need to be intentional with my spouse and my friends just the same. Like, you know, how can I love you? What does love look like for you? Um, Because that then reflects him. I agree. I would still say um, the five love languages is still a good base point to start finding the language to communicate. Yeah, Um, I agree. But it's not a catch-all be-all. Um, so yeah, use it. Don't use it. Just find a way to love your spouse. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so season two, episode one is in the books. Um, hope you guys continue to tune in. If you have not already, um, be sure to subscribe to our podcast. So you are notified when new episodes come out. Turn that notification Tuesday. set thingy on. 
Okay. Yep. Turn on your notifications. <laughs> um, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Life with Gains Podcast. Yep. Uh, on Instagram, um, and we are um, stepping up our Instagram and social media game. So hopefully. We'll be posting a lot more going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, so be sure to turn on those notifications so you can catch all of our posts. Um, you can follow me personally at life with underscore Emmanuel. And you can follow me at two aiming for arrows, the number two, the number four. Cool. And on that note, I am Emmanuel. And I'm Esther. Join us next time as we journey to make God normal and help others build a life with games cool I didn't know how that was gonna work (laughs) 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 a new ending hashtag appreciate y'all we'll see y'all next time Bye. bye